wasn't sure I'd ever uh, step out and do my own thing. It took this place to do it. And it is Virginia Tech. This isn't some rinky-dink-ass program. I don't know if I could follow that one up. I'm yelling into the void, and that's what I like doing. <laughs> Pete, nobody's looking at your tweets. We're going to recruit our footprint, and we're going to work our tails off to bring those Virginia kids to Blacksburg. Those situations are the worst when you are on top yeah. of another guy. The relationships are very important to me. That's what this place is built on. That's your boy. That's your judge of character. I'm going to end up in a Columbia prison. At 95 Miami, is, is my fondest name. And maybe the experience after the Sugar Bowl with Wes Worship and J.C. Price on Bourbon Street. <laughs> Come on, J.C. I want to know what you're drinking, Robbie. It is roasty goodness, even though I was out. What's the percent on that? 11. It was a dream come true back then, and it's a dream come true today. Hey, Mom, why don't you try a rail? We're going to put this old guy in a grave. For the love of the game. And I mowed the lawn after work before the podcast. Mm, we just got better, guys. Welcome to Too Deep, Hokies Under the Influence, a Sons of Saturday podcast. My name is Pete, and my co-host is Robbie. I was telling Rob right before we signed on that I think my hydration levels are, are back to normal. It was pretty rough Sunday and Monday after being in Blacksburg, but I'm feeling better now. Rob, why don't you give us a cheers? Uh, cheers to the spring game, which the weather was wonderful. It looked good on TV. We had uh, uh, my my close friend, Eddie Royal, doing the call on the game, who I've met <laughs> twice uh, in, in Vienna, Virginia. Now, I'm joking, but... Uh, yeah, spring game's always fun. That is uh, really when I think most people start to kind of really tune in. It, it stinks because that's when you really start to tune in, and then we hit the summer, and it, it kind of tunes out a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped for the season, and we have um, – I think we got some takeaways here that are pretty interesting from, from what we saw in the, in the game. Yeah, cheers, man. It was a great weekend down in Blacksburg, uh, starting Friday night. Uh, me, me and my buddy Joey went down, and we started the cellar. And I got a calzone at the cellar. Haven't eaten there in a number of years, but it was absolutely delicious. And I know the food is good there, but this is just a re-up on that. The food was really, really good. Started there and then went over for the uh, Spring Jam event, which everywhere you looked inside McLean's was just another player, former player, uh, the basketball guys were there. Couture and Basili were there. Uh, Devin Wilson, Edmonds brothers, Fuller brother, uh, Br- Michael Brewer, like David Wilson performed. Like the list went on and on. And if you weren't seeing those guys, you were seeing like, hey, that's that person from Twitter. Oh, that's that person. I've seen their avatar. That's who that is. Bill Roth was there. I got a picture with him. Uh, Clark was kind enough to snap a photo of the three of us. So it was it was really cool. And I wish you had been there, Rod, because you would have absolutely loved it. Uh, and then we did the live pod at Sharky's the next day, which you guys, it's in your feeds. Hopefully you've had a listen. Uh, that was a blast to get the other podcasters together and do that. Uh, it, I was actually surprised. The audio quality was was good, and it was really funny, hopefully. I mean, I found it humorous uh, because Tally and those guys were just cracking me up. But uh, But, yeah, really fun. The game was good. Weather was perfect. Baseball got a sweep. It was Black Alumni Weekend, tons of people back in town, really, really great weekend. And the crowd for the game, if you saw on TV, Rob, like it looked pretty good, right? Yeah, I think it. that was that was what I was going to ask you. Everybody is wondering, were there 20,000 people in the stands for the, for the game, what, in your estimation? I think there were. 
I think okay. twenty thousand to twenty three thousand, twenty five thousand, somewhere in there, because the the west stands were very full. Like, so I don't know what angle they had on TV, but the east stands weren't so full. But west stands was very full because it's in the shade, yep. and then the north end zone where the students are was very full. Like. More full than it was for a lot of the regular season games, at least after the half. Wow. <laughs> because okay. it was it was packed, man, and the students yeah. were having a good time. Well, um, maybe a little awesome. bit late, yeah. you know, like people getting in there. Because yeah. um, the student the student area was actually like pretty clogged because they, they were just all packing the entrance. But I got in no problem, and it was great. So Sat in Section 5 with Billy and Pat and all the rest of those guys, some of the guys we did the pod with. It was great, man. That's awesome. I do have a bone to pick with the game is was on ACC Network special edition only on the app um, was or online. So I did not. Oh, see is that it. right? I did not see it on TV anywhere. So the Virginia game was on there, and I probably should have clicked on that because it may well have been the Virginia Tech game. But the time was started. It started. The game started at three, right? Um, yes, I believe, and that started at. Two or one thirty, so I'm pretty sure that they had the Virginia game on instead of the Virginia Tech game. So I watched it online. Um, I'll give you some credence to your theory here because when I got home, no spring game on my DVR. Exactly. So and so I had to watch it on the ESPN app. Yeah. So I was pissed because I, <laughs> I I said before the spring game that it was great because I wasn't going to have to bitch on the podcast anymore because we're getting it televised <laughs> and then it wasn't televised and the UVA game was televised uh, which is you know that's that's how far we've fallen. it's never good enough right no. it's never going to be perfect well I mean oh, that's a slap in the face I mean having that, Virginia's, that is... Virginia football on the ACC network and not not us I'll agree with you on that one uh Let's get into some of these news and notes before we get to our recap of the game and give our observations on on what we saw. Uh, the football recruiting got another big commitment this past weekend. Tyler Mason, a running back from North Carolina, committed to the program. 5'11", 195, solid back. The guy ran for 50 touchdowns last season, his junior season, over 2,300 yards, which just sounds absurd. Wow. And what the one thing I read said that he barely played in the second half of a lot of those games because his team was just killing the other team so much. And he still scored 50 touchdowns. So there's, there's no way that quarterback was productive. Everything <laughs> had to be going to him with 50 touchdowns. Right. Every single handoff, yeah. every single snap. Uh, so that he's a pretty good three star. He's not a four star, but it's a pretty higher end three star. So I'm happy to get Tyler in the fold. We'll do men's basketball real quick before we get to the spring game. Basili is going pro, so he's not going to be back for Hokies basketball. But Hunter Couture is coming back. And that is really good for our defense, really good for our shooting. Um, I'm so excited to have him back. And then the last little bit of news was A.J. Swinton reopened his recruitment, which means he has decommitted from the Hokies, which is not something we didn't see coming. We... We saw it coming. We saw it coming. <laughs> we talked. We talked about it on you know the last podcast I think with uh, with the shake up there or the one before that. So yeah, saw it coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's about it for the for the news and notes. Um, let's get into the game, man, because I know people want to hear about it. Hear what we what we think about what we saw out there, and there were some notable absences just from players I was hoping to see, like Jalen Lane. He was with not in pads. Chaplin sat out. 
Daquan Wright nursing a little bit of an injury, uh, Christian Moss, Lofton, St. Germain, and Feldarius Payne. Those were the guys that I saw were out. There might have been a few more, but those are the ones that I at least noticed weren't playing. As for the game, Maroon team won 34 to nothing. <laughs> it yes. wasn't it wasn't much of a game. They had the more experienced QB and the presumed starting O-line and Wells had them going down the field. It was 21 nothing real quick and then things kind of slowed down. Uh I'll let you start with just observations, takeaways. If you want to start with the position, have at it. Yeah. I will start with the position and hit that bingo card with the Grant Wells. Uh, And so he went 12 for 18, 148 yards. And I have to say the first drive looked really good. And he looked good in general, but I, he looked composed in the pocket. He looked decisive in where he wanted to go with the ball. I liked the, um, throwing to the running backs in the flat, the little sweep moves that we were bringing in, not like you know the old old sweep. This was like getting a real running back moving, like, like and, a swing, like a yeah, yeah, swing, swing pass. passes out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah. look, I like that as a way as an extension of the run game. I thought that was really interesting. So, um, and overall, he he had a good day. I think all of the feedback was was generally the the same that he looked pretty pretty good um, and at that position we also had Kyron Drones uh, 7 for 13 but it was impossible to compare those two at all because the offensive line and we'll talk about that in a second because that yeah that's going to be my one of my big takeaways uh, but I don't I can't I don't want to speak to Drones performance because if anything 7 for 13 was pretty good given he was under duress so much you know with the with very little of an offensive line in front of him yeah, and it got off to a rough start, and he took him a second to get his feet underneath him. But once he did, he did make some nice throws. Uh, those two to Felton in particular stood out. Uh, and the two interceptions that he had were both tipped balls. Yes. And maybe the throws could have been better, but I'm not going to not gonna give him too much grief over that. So, yeah, he was at a disadvantage with regard to the offensive line. Going back to Wells real quick, he had the one rushing TD, which – I don't think he got in clean on that. And Eddie even kind of said that on the broadcast. Like they kind of gave him that one. Well, uh, because they couldn't hit him. So it was, yeah, they, they They were like walking towards him and he like scooted into the end zone. And the defenders were like, really guys? Yeah. That's going to count here. And then the second touchdown that he had on the pass to black, like, Black kind of looked like he got stopped short. Yeah. So whatever. But he got he got credit for two touchdowns. But he did make some really nice, really strong throws. There was one to Gosnell on the sideline yep. that was like a laser. Yep. And then later on to, I think it was Holloway, there was like a deep pass that was kind of on the back shoulder. Really long down the field throw. Uh, so it wasn't just all swing passes, although he did start five for five with the help of some of that. He threw some darts. He really did. And all three. So Gusnell, I think all three of Gusnell's receptions were in that first drive. And none of those were the swing passes. Those were all down the field. Uh, it was like a 10 yarder. seemed like a 10 yard, a 15 and a 20 yarder. It was a that he threw and they were, they were on the button. So Gus now came out uh, firing and I thought that was awesome. Uh, Holloway. I know we're kind of bleeding into some of the other positions. Well, Hold on real quick. Yeah. Did, what do you think of pop? Oh no. <laughs> so I said, I've written in my notes, pop Watson with three for four, 49 yards and a passing TD. He looked good. 
but everyone just cool their jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pop is he explosive. He flashed out there. Yeah. Whatever you want to say, like the run, the runs, and then the bomb really got everyone talking. Yeah, and he looks good. He's skinny. He's a true freshman. He's not even a true freshman. I mean, he should be going to his prom. And so he's going to 90% chance he takes a red shirt. If he doesn't take a red shirt, something's gone haywire. And so I loved what I saw from him. Yep. I Down the road, I think he could be a really good player for us. Uh, but we've got two guys that will be the ones and twos. And barring an injury, Pop will, will keep that red shirt. But I, I really did like what I saw. Yeah. Devin Farrell, I noticed that was the last QB that came in. Mm. And so the only reason I'm bringing that up is because we talked about how we've got six scholarship quarterbacks. Yeah. That cut, is he the lowest on the totem pole? I mean, it seems that way just because the way they came in and out of the game. Yeah, I, I would, I would think so. Uh, but you know, if it, it depends, if we're going to need a third string and it depends how, how, if we're going to, make sure that pop keeps that red shirt, then, you know, you're, they're going to need yeah. somebody in that third spot. Is I, it, I don't yeah, know. It's probably Bullock, right? Yeah. It's probably Bullock. Um, because the other guy, Whitkey's a freshman too. Mm-hmm. And he, he spun it kind of nice sometimes out there, but yeah, uh, yeah you don't want to have to rely on a true freshman. So mm-hmm. if Taj Bullock ends up being that third stringer, uh, we could safely red shirt pop, but Hey, who knows what'll happen? I, Regardless, the total numbers from the QBs from both sides, I thought it was a lot better showing than what we saw last year in the spring game. Yes, and whether that was intentional by the coaches, which actually is not a bad idea given that across the country, everybody greases the skids for these spring games to get fans excited. I'm fine with that because at least you're reading the room on what people want to see and getting them juiced up. Or if it was real, then all the better. Yeah, I, I mean, it was honestly, it's just nice that Wells looked the way he did because if if he kind of struggled and then Drones kind of struggled too, we wouldn't be very happy right now, right? And I, I, I'm not sure exactly what the pulse of Hokie Nation is on this. There was a lot of positivity regarding Wells, though. People were like, okay, yeah, looks like he got his crap together a little bit, and now that he's got some weapons to throw to, he's starting to look better. And I guess we should go to those weapons and we'll come back for O-line. Yeah. But uh, Gosnell was impressive. Who impressed you out there besides Gosnell? Um, Holloway uh, impressed me because so he went, he had three catches, 77 yards. One of those was a, was a long one. But the reason that he impresses me is I feel like we've really been lacking that slot receiver for a while um, that we can throw to in the middle that – the, the, what I love, if you remember, Ohio State used to use, what was his name, Oliver or whatever, in their slot position. Alave, sorry, in their slot position. And granted, Alave went to the NFL. Like, I, I know we're talking about it. But the way that they used them, I used to always just, like, you know, drool watching their games, being like, man, why can't we do that? So that's that. It's partly because it fills a, what I think could be a really effective use um, uh, of a position for us and two, because he also looked really good. And I thought, um, I think he's going to be a factor this year. So, and three, because we saw him make plays last year and it was in special teams, but like the guy has shown an ability, right. And now we're seeing it again. So 
I like what I saw from Holloway. I like what I saw from Felton. He's a big body, kind of that prototypical receiver body. Jalen Lane didn't play, and Jennings was a little disappointing, to, if, if we're being honest. He, yeah. he had a couple passes he could have hauled in. He didn't haul him in. But the depth looks legit. Like, it really does look legit because of what they went out and did in the offseason, bringing guys in, developing guys they had. And if we get Lofton back and Lane is healthy and Moss is healthy, and we didn't get to see Moss. That was the one thing I was kind of disappointed about. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it was more of an injury than him just not getting a catch. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll see him in the fall. He'll be back healthy, and it's all good. But Jennings, Felton, Gosnell, Lane, Holloway. Yeah. Like, I, I already feel better with just that, and yeah. that's not including Lofton or Moss. And so – they, this is what we needed. We needed guys to get open for Grant, for drones, and it seems like we might have that this year. And you throw in what we might have at the tight end position. Another person that we were missing was Daquan Wright. Yeah. And we had to rely on him last year as a true freshman because we just literally had no one that could make a play. Now you're going to add Wright to this wide receiving core because mm-hmm. I love Nick Gallo, but he's more of – he's not a downfield threat. He's not a, a catching the ball threat. Correct. Yes, I would agree with that. And we didn't really get to see them either. We had what um, Reem Snyder and Cole Pickett were in for, I think, most of it. So um, that would um, that 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 is a lot. And the beautiful part for me, in my opinion, is if you're walking away from the spring game thinking Allie Jennings is like the disappointment of that core. We know what he is, right? We've yeah. seen that on the field. It's, you know, that's a known, that's, you know, for as much as you can be a known quantity. So if that's mm-hmm. like the disappointment, that's got to make making you feel pretty good. Yeah. And he'll bounce back. Mm-hmm. He, like, he had a, he might have had a bad day out there. Who, who knows? He, you could tell he was frustrated at times. Yeah. I saw him kind of checking in with drones on the sideline. Like after the second tip, he just like kind of threw his hands up in the air, like, what the heck's going on today? So he'll he'll be fine. A little frustration, but uh, but I I like what I saw from the wide receivers and and I wanted to kind of double back on Grant and the Maroon team in general. The white team like they didn't have the good offensive line and they also seemed to have like the worst defense overall. Yes. Like they're like they had some of the defensive tackle vets and and Fuga and Pollard. But their defense as a whole, if I went up and down the rosters, like it just wasn't as good as the Maroon defense. So what they did was White had drones and he had like Jennings and Malachi. Like they gave him like basically two of the best playmakers, yeah. but worse O line and worse overall defense, if you ask me. Yeah, I think that's and I I think they were kind of you know, weighting it towards the the maroon team, but kind of sprinkling in some people that maybe would try and make it a little bit more balanced. And obviously, yeah, that that didn't end up playing out. <laughs> right, because I think if you if you went down our roster and looked at the at the stars, like Delane, uh, Jennings, Malachi, uh, I think Kelly Lawson was on white. They were all on white, yep. and then the other team kind of had more of like consistent guys, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, or Maroon had more consistent guys. So, like, that's, I don't know. It was obviously uneven. <laughs> like, yes. it, it, it I didn't, didn't go well. Let's talk about the O-line before we flip over to the defense. Uh, it looked better, yeah. much improved even. What what were your thoughts on the O-line? Um, 
and I will say I, I did read, I looked at, and it looked good, but then I also read French's article. He has a well, amazing article. I, anytime I'm looking anything offensive line and he has an amazing article on the offensive line. Uh, it looked good. It, it it was reassuring to hear that he thought it looked good as as well, especially uh, given Ron Crook is so new to the tenure and you know we in in that position. So uh, I thought it looked good. The to your point about the maroon versus the white team, the depth is of um, a, a big challenge. Um, mm-hmm. So if if we it, the way I characterize it is it seems like we may not have an issue as much with the starters. It's TBD. We'll see what happens when a real game comes around. But it was obvious why they kept those guys together on one side and they didn't split up the offensive line because they're really trying to make sure that it's a cohesive unit. So I think that was the right way to do it. But you could see with the white team what we're dealing with once you get to um, once you get to the backups. And that's yeah. that's going to be... Uh, a challenge, a big challenge for us. French did note in his article that there were no procedural penalties, excuse me, by the presumed starters. Better footwork, better technique, better effort. (laughs) That's all great. That now is pretty much across the board. And that this was said a couple different places, that Brody Meadows really had a strong spring game. He was finishing his blocks. He was keeping his feet churning, uh, staying engaged. So, that's really good to see because our tackle depth is razor thin. And I think in a pinch, Meadows could play some guard as well. And so I, I kind of went through the position and just kind of tiered it out. So tier one offensive lineman for us, Caden Moore and Clements. Mm-hmm. Those are those are our best, and I think they're kind of separate. Uh and then and, and Clements was the offensive MVP of the spring. Yeah. So there's some gives that some weight as well. Second tier, just Braylon Moore, mm-hmm. the little brother, by himself. Yeah. And then third tier and beyond is like Chaplin, Schick, mm-hmm. and keep going. You get to Hanson, Meadows, Garrett, Hollifield, Dixon. It, but Meadows needs to push yeah. and see if he can – because Hanson, he's been on the team a long time. Yes. Great hokey. I think Schick's going to take his spot yeah. at, at right guard. And if it's not him, it might be Meadows. Uh, if not, those guys can provide depth. But it's it's literally like three offensive linemen I feel pretty comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And then you get into Ch- Chaplin, and we didn't get a chance to see. Yeah. But at least he played last year. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but but it's, it's thin. It is thin, to your point. It is very thin. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's tough. Oh, yeah. We have seen the Hokies have a decent starting core. I want to go back maybe like five years ago um, when we had like Chung and some of those, and who was always dealing with injuries and stuff like that. Yep. And we, we have seen that story, and it is a dangerous story to play when you're hoping on offensive linemen um, in that position to be healthy for a full season. It's just the, it's, it's too physical. You get – you get a cut block and now now you're down a guy you have you have something else happen and you're down too so it it's frightening but you know i'm i'm very happy with a short amount of time that it feels like we're headed in the right direction oh yes yes absolutely i mean it could have looked so much worse yeah. and so i i was pleased with what i saw 
And Crook has offered three portal offensive linemen since the portal reopened. So if we can get that kid from App State in here or something, like that would be amazing. And the competition's going to be stiff for those guys, but we we could really use a more veteran body to add to this offensive line. I'd feel a lot better about that position going into next year if we could pull that off. Uh, let's take a quick moment to talk about our sponsor before we get to running back and beyond. The Two Deep Hokies Under the Influence podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy app that allows you to make plays with our very own Hokies players. So come this fall, you will be able to hmm, wager on Tucker Holloway. How about Malachi? How about Bashal Tootin? Darn Tootin. You'll have that <laughs> chance. And if before we get there, though, you've got the NBA playoffs, you've got yep. MLB is back. Uh, Eric Neander's got the Rays at 16 and three. Yeah. They're kicking butt again. Um, you got to be a little greatest golf on there, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think they got it all. So lots of opportunities to get money in your pocket. Download the prize picks app today. Use code memory lane, all one word for a deposit match up to $100. That's memory lane, all one word prize picks, daily fantasy made easy for now, Rob, why don't you tell me what you're drinking? So my delivery was supposed to come in today from Athletic, and it did not. So that was unfortunate. Uh, I am having a leftover Boulevard Brewing Flying Start non-alcoholic IPA. I've had this on uh, the podcast, I think, a while ago, sometime last year. Is Boulevard Virginia? Boulevard is in... um, I turned 40 recently and my eyesight immediately, <laughs> immediately went to like nothing. Uh, it's out of Missouri, Kansas City, actually. Uh, but that is not a joke. All of a sudden, I literally, March 18th. You need readers. March 18th, rolled around. The next day, can't read anything. That's uh, That happened. So, uh, Missouri. Uh, very gotcha. good. It's a very good uh, non-alcoholic IPA. What are, you, uh, what are you drinking over there? I'm drinking the Tropicoastal. Great Lakes Tropical IPA. Great Lakes out of, what's that one? Cleveland. Cleveland yes, Ohio. the mistake by the Malake. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. It You know, unlike a lot of the tropical IPAs that come out now, this one is no sugar, like very low sugar. It's bitter like a traditional IPA. Just a little bit of that fruit flavor. When I cracked it, it almost smelled like a bag of Skittles or something. Like I was like, really? oh man, this thing's going to be crazy. But once the smell like kind of went away, it's a very normal IPA, 60 IBU. So right in the the sweet spot there, 6% alcohol, right where I want to be. I, I will say it could taste just a little bit better. The fruit doesn't come through as much as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for like a hot bite and a fruity, like a little fruity twist on an IPA, this would be a good choice for you. The tropical, Tropic Coastal, even though there's no more Coastal Division, Tropical <laughs> IPA. Uh, running back, Rob. I thought the running back room looked strong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really strong. Stronger than it's maybe looked in a while. Yeah. Portfolio is strong. Strong to quite <laughs> strong. Uh, the um, – well, and we didn't get to see – it was uh, – we didn't – they didn't play a whole lot of Malachi, not a whole lot of Tutin, which, as expected – you know, you don't want those guys getting getting banged up. Uh, so we got to see a lot of uh, Bryce Duke, a lot of Chance Black, um, and 
uh, Duke had like 91 yards on 17 carries, and Chance Black had 66 yards on 14. But it, it and uh, he he had a touchdown as well, as you mentioned. They looked good. I, I, it looks, um, and those are that's your number three and your number four running backs out there. Young that's, guys. Uh, those are young um, young guys on the team. So if 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 they look good and they did, then I'm feeling pretty good uh, about uh, the running back, um, you know, core overall. I mean, there's not uh, hell. You get Malachi in there and you get Tootin in there, and uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel excellent about it. Yeah, and both Black and Duke had a 20 yard run, a little bit of an explosive play. I thought Duke was quick to the hole. And he followed his blocks pretty well. Like, I thought his vision was pretty good. He kind of picked his spots. Uh, I was very impressed with Duke. Black as well. I think Black has another gear he can get to. I mean, he looked good out there, and he scored a couple touchdowns. Um, and he they, he's very agile. But if, if he just does, like, just a little bit more growth, I think Black could be a major game breaker for us at some point. So yep. really loved what I saw from those two kids. And you're right, Tootin and Malachi, they didn't see much action by design. But Coney, the, the true freshman, even he had a long catch in the game. Yeah. So that was kind of that's kind of cool. And I, I tweeted out yesterday, two years ago at this time, right after the spring game, we had 11 running backs in the <laughs> running back room. And I would say with – the six we have and the six one is coming in the fall. Yeah. Um, that this is a better running back room than those 11. Yes. I would agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, which is crazy to say, but I think a hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, and it's no disrespect to like Raheem Blackshear and Malachi was going to be a true freshman in that class. Uh, but it, it just is like, this is, this is going to be a solid running back room because the two best guys had a, like a carry each. Yep. So, uh, and we still ran for like 150 yards on the ground. So it was, it was good. We talked about wide receiver. Let's move to defense. Um, the linebackers, I didn't think they were very good. No. I, I really don't. They they didn't have a strong day. We saw a little bit of a flash from Kelly Lawson. Mm-hmm. He had two quote unquote sacks. Yes. Uh, yeah. But the other guys, like, I didn't see much from Tisdale. I didn't see much from Jenkins. Yeah, I would – it's hard for me, and I don't have a ton of notes on the defense because, one, I don't know what those guys were told coming into it. They could have easily been like, hey, guys, you know, let's give it not not, – don't give it a B, but give it your A minus effort, kind of, and yeah, we're trying let to, the offense put on a show. Yeah, that's what the that's what these teams do all over. Like you can't tell me Alabama; those guys are putting up like eighty points. It's like you know their defense is absolutely sick. It's like Georgia yeah. is putting up a bunch of points. So um, that that's makes a good it point. tough um, for me, and I don't know that to be the case. I just know what I would do if I was a coach, and that's what I would do. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. So. The that was um, the linebackers didn't um, execute nearly as well, and they they didn't seem as as cohesive given um, how much confidence I had about the linebackers kind of going into the season. It's probably my expect my expectations were relatively high, and that maybe didn't help. Yeah, and when you can't hit the quarterback, 
I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm not saying it was ratcheted down, but it might have been just the intensity might have been ratcheted down just a little bit. I did notice that Keller was the defensive player that was most improved mm-hmm. for the spring, and he is a backup at will behind Lawson, and he's in contention for Mike. Uh, I, I saw that today or whatever because when we had our our show before the uh, before the game on campus. I wasn't sure what position Keller was particularly at, but he's kind of playing Mike and Will, and he'll maybe he'll make a go of it with yeah. Tisdale and McDonald and Stone Snyder come this fall. There's there, we have we have different options we can mix and match at the Mike position, so that's just something to note there with Keller. Yeah, the DBs looked pretty good. The Stroman got in there a couple times. He had that tip that led to the interception. Canteen had a pick. Most Phillips. I'm excited about his future. I think he could be really, really exciting um, for us. And um, I think, you know, I was looking back at, it it was tough. I was looking at the stat lines and you could see how deep, like everything went. So it was hard to even look at the stats to really, you know, judge. I mean, mean, we had, um, I think the person that led in tackles was like, Penne uh, for uh, like the, the for the one team. team it was Penne for the other team it was Childress it was Childress yeah someone I've never heard of yeah. so. <laughs> so that made it no a disrespect bit. to Mr. Childress yes but. Mr. Childress um, is fantastic but it that's what it's it's really kind of hard to figure out who is kind of in where and what the the scheme was and who's who was told to turn down their jets and who who wasn't as well but um, I agree with you I was I was excited to uh, to see him out there I think he's got a bright future. So behind the three corners that we know, Cam Johnson, I think, is next up there. Elijah Howard got his hands in there. Uh, They're the next couple guys, along with Cotman, the true freshman. Mm -hmm. That that position, after the first three, that position gets a little thin as well. And you could say the same thing about safety, but it was that's why it was nice to see uh, Mose make the make the play. And then I guess Jalen Jones has been. They've been talking a little bit since he moved over from wide receiver yep. to the safety position. I think Jones is that other backup safety. So uh, there's the starters at DB are great. Yep. I, I really feel good about it. But uh, depth on this team, we know it's going to be an issue this upcoming season. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, on both sides of the ball, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, and particularly at defensive end, right? <laughs> yes, and particularly at defensive end, like it is every year. Also, um, for those that don't know, uh, Kyron Jones got credited with a tackle. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. Uh, obviously, that was on his pick play. I'm assuming, um, but yes, he got credited with a, a tackle. If anybody's looking for a fun stat, then that's true. I'll say this about drones. He physically looks the part. I mean, it looks, he walks out there wearing the number one jersey and it looks like Jalen Hurts. It looks yep. like Cam Newton. Like he looks the part. Yep. Um, I really hope it pans out for that kid, whether it's this year or after Wells is gone or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, because he's got the tools, man. He really has the tools. Yep, I agree. So big picture stuff. Did you have some kind of final observations about yeah. anything you saw? Um, I had five, and they're all they're all redundant, so I can be quick. Wells, his confidence, his decisiveness, the fact that you know drones, despite no offensive line, I feel okay 
uh, on my characterization of of the quarterbacks. Uh, Gosnell and Holloway were bright surprises for me in comparison to what I was anticipating going in. I feel really good about the running backs. The O-line has a chance to be okay to good, but it's all health-dependent, and I have no great takeaways on the defense because I just don't know what we were really putting out there. One thing I didn't get while I was in the stands and I got once I watched the game was all the interviews they kind of did during the game. They had different guys in the booth. I, I loved the one with Andre Davis. Brandon Flowers came in the booth and just gave Eddie Royal a load of crap the whole time. <laughs> just like how he used to stop him in practice and all stuff. Yeah. But they interviewed Pry while he was on the field, which yes. I thought was actually pretty cool. And the, the you could hear him pretty well. It was It was neat the way they did it. And he said having Bowen in that QB room every day is really helping. And he talked about Bowen's football IQ. You can tell he really values mm-hmm. Bowen. Yep. And he seems extremely happy with the decision to make him the quarterback's coach. Yep. And I, I know it's it hasn't been very long, but he didn't have to say all that, and he did. And so it that made me feel good. It really yeah. did. <laughs> I think the other thing I can't, I don't know if it was during that or if it was afterwards when um, Pry was talking, I think the other thing he said that made me feel good was he talked about Grant Wells making some decisions uh, independently kind of on his own um, because he was seeing stuff on the field that the coaches weren't and um, kind of making some judgment call uh, plays. And then, you know, when they pull him aside afterwards and they talk to him about it, he's like, hey, I saw this, like, in the defense. So, you know, I went with it. And that 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 kind of got me excited um, uh, with that, that maturity and just more confidence. Last couple things I had. The passes out of the backfield that we mentioned, that could either be a big feature of this offense next year or maybe they were just trying to work on it. You yeah. know, I – Hopefully, that is something that we use, swing passes and whatnot, because we saw like seven of them in the game. There was a bunch of them from from both sides. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, more play action if the run game is working. We've heard repeatedly they want to run the quarterback more, which that's fine. And in college football, you almost need to have a running element to your quarterback unless it's Joe Burrow. Like You're going to have to have a little something. Uh, durability is always the question mark with that. That's the only thing that about running my quarterback that gets me nervous. But run the quarterback with a little read option with this running back room. Hopefully that leads to more play action, opens everything up. I mean, there the frame is there for something good, and it certainly does seem as if the offensive staff is on the same page. Yeah. From, from it's one game, it's you know probably talking about Bowen, but it does seem like they're on the same page, and that's that's a very very good thing. Yeah. Um, the concerns are obviously offensive line depth. I think the starters will, without a doubt, be better than last year's, at least mm-hmm. performance-wise. I'm not going to say like this guy is better than this guy individually, but on the whole, our offensive line, who's ever starting, yes. will be better than what was starting at the beginning of last year. I agree. And yeah, the, the offense as a whole leaves less head-scratching moments is probably the best way I can articulate it. You know, I think we... We all became almost accustomed to, even when things were going well, like, you know, that second down play where everybody's like, what the, like, what, what was that? Like, you know, you just wasted a down uh, on an important drive. Like, we uh, certainly want less of that. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
No doubt. And and the wide receivers, no sign of Moss. And that that's, you know, Moss and Lane, they, Lofton, they weren't in pads. But where we're at with wide receiver, that's a huge improvement. Running back looks improved. Offensive line should be improved. Like, Wells looked improved. Yep. This is all what we wanted to see. This is If I could have – if I – looking back, like, if you told me I would have seen all this, like, I would have been like, that's a good day. Yeah. Like, that was a good day. I mean, someone has to play bad if someone's playing good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all on the same team. So, yeah. I'm happy with, with what I saw out there. And Jennings now, Ross, was, had some injury stuff that's going on. So, he's got to oh, come okay. back and – you know, he's coming back from a, a lot. He's got to get, he's got to shake some rust off uh, on that front. So even like that, when we're kind of, you know, saying it was a disappointment, there's plenty of explanation on that front. Yeah. And, and as a very slight dis of, of yeah. any things of the day, like, cause we, we all want to see Allie Jennings be great. That's, and we know that he can be. Okay. And so uh, that, that's all that was. And those guys, you got to keep in mind, Felton, him and Lane, they have only been here for like three months and, and, and 15 practices and, yep. and some winter workouts. So once they come back in the fall, they'll know the scheme better. Everything should start clicking more. And maybe we'll start hearing those things about practice. Like, okay, he's tearing everybody up. You know, yep. that's, that's what we want to hear. Yep. So I'm not going to ask you for a record prediction, Rob, oh, but man. after we'll, we'll wait on that. Yeah. But after the spring game, do you think we're going to win more than three games next year? Yes. Okay. I think we're going to win. More I agree than with three. you. The more than three games. Yes. That, that you you gave me a softball. So yes, I yeah. do. I do believe that this team is more than capable of doing that. Um, Eddie Royal on the broadcast was being a little bit genuine or uh, generous with us. If you remember, he was talking about how close some of our games were and how it yeah. could have easily been a seven win season. And I was like, well, eh, <laughs> that's so, like, yeah. I was like, I, I appreciated the, you know, the, the audience of uh, who he was, um, he was putting that out there for, but I was like, ah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, I think this team, yes, is going to win more than three games. Yep. Yep. That's then we'll, we'll cut it off there. Uh, Thanks for hopping on with me and doing this recap. We got to get this out there because we're not going to see any football for a little bit. We are going to be coming back in not too long with some, uh, hopefully some memory lane shows and our opponent previews that we like to do over the summer where we'll talk about all the teams we're going to play and kind of get into how we think the game might go. Uh, but hope you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple podcast, uh, Hit us up on Twitter. It's at 2DeepVT. There was a lot of interaction over the weekend on the Twitter feed. Make sure you find us. Make sure you follow us. We'd appreciate that. And you can hit us with an email, yeah. 2DeepVT at gmail.com. If you want to send us anything else, questions, comments, anything. And until next time, when uh, hopefully you're hearing something about some solid hokey memories yes. back in the day. There's a little clue. <laughs> Go Hokies. Go Hokies.